This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Abe and other patrons just like them. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Welcome back to Switchcraft, everyone. So happy to be here. Uh, CC16 reviewed the show. They called it one of the top three Nintendo podcasts online. I love the show. Switchcraft is my favorite podcast to get Nintendo-related news. RJS is both professional and personal, through thorough and concise. His fan service is evident as his passion for gaming comes through in his reporting. So far, he's produced three episodes a week consistently, unless I'm mistaken. Forget the big gaming news podcast. Switchcraft is pure magic. Well, thank you very much, for those kind words, CC16. I really appreciate it. Reviewing the show is the simplest way for you guys to help the podcast grow and help the community grow. So thank you very, very much. I also got an email from Colin last night. Uh, they said, I got a Switch recently and I want to download a game or two, but I'm on an extremely tight budget currently. If you had $20 to spend on the eShop, what would you buy? All right, well, when I look at this question, I have to ask myself, what kind of game experience am I looking for on the Switch? Am I looking for a single-player-focused game or a game that is more multiplayer-focused? And there's plenty for both. I opened up the eShop, and by the way, in the eShop, if you go go to the most recent releases and then scroll all the way down to the bottom, there's a View All button. And honestly, that should not be hidden there, um, but it is. But find the view all button, and then they let you sort by price. So I sorted by price, and I looked through it at games that I kind of had an interest in. Uh, so first off, let's fo- let's look at multiplayer focus games because multiplayer focus is really the bread and butter of the Switch. Uh, in that price range, I saw two games that looked very interesting. The first is Snipper Clips. Now I've played this with my son. My wife has played it with my son. I've played it with my wife. The game is really, really good, and if you don't have Snipper Clips on the Switch, you definitely should pick it up at some point. Uh, another game that kind of jumped out, and actually, before I go to the next game, let me explain what Snipper Clips is. Basically, you are these two um, little paper shapes, and if you overlap with each other and then you push a button, you can cut a part off of the other person, changing their shape. And it's a puzzle game where you have to work together in order to make certain shapes in order to accomplish tasks that the game gives you. It's very, very fun. Um, The dialogue that you're going to have between you and the person that you're playing with is going to be hilarious, and I highly recommend the game. Uh, And you can even play it by by using Split Joy-Con. That's how we ended up playing it. So Snipper Clips is highly recommended. Uh, another game that kind of caught my eye that I thought about getting is Astro Duel Deluxe. Uh, Astro Duel Deluxe looks like basically a multiplayer version of Asteroids with some really crazy stuff thrown in there. So um, they have these, uh, they, they, they have one mode where you can just set the switch on the tabletop and four, four players get to control the uh, their their ships from the four corners of the touch screen, which is really weird. Um, but you can also just do two player, 
Um, I'm not sure how many players it goes up to, but I, I, I guarantee you can do two-player where you've got the split Joy-Cons and you have to fly around in this area and shoot at each other. And then if you blow each other's ship up, then you have to try and run over the pilot, which is kind of cool. Uh, Astro Duel Deluxe and Snipper Clips, those are two very cool multiplayer-focused games that I that I found um, Snipper Clips I loved playing. And Astro Duel Deluxe looks very interesting to me. I haven't actually played it yet. Uh, that's on my wish list. Uh, Single-player-focused games. So maybe you are just interested in just playing the games by yourself. Well, there's Blaster Master Zero. Um, I actually emailed uh, Colin back, and that's one that I said. I said, you should pick up Blaster Master Zero. It's a great game. And not only is it a great game, but the devs seem to be continually updating it with DLC, adding in new characters that change the way that the game is played. Uh, In fact, the most recent update, I believe, I'm not sure if it's out yet, uh, but if it is, you should definitely check this out. Uh, they've brought Shantae from Shantae uh, Half Genie Curse, or the Shantae games, I guess, into the game. And, you know, the, the game plays differently if you're using that character. And then they even brought in Shovel Knight into Blaster Master. So you're going through the same levels that you were before, except now you're at the, you're as this different character, so the game plays differently. And it is not just a reskin. It really does look like it plays completely different, which I find very interesting. Um, I haven't done any of the DLC for Blaster Master Zero yet, but I definitely will in the future. Uh, I need to finish the the core game first, but too many AAA Nintendo games have been distracting me. Um, two other games that I think would be really good for a single-player focus uh, is Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap. This is a remake of an old Mega Gear game, and I think the game looks beautiful. Everybody says that the animations are fantastic. I have yet to play it myself. Uh, you can, at the push of a button, go back to the original graphics as well, which is kind of neat. And then one that I've put uh, plenty of hours into is Has Been Heroes, which is kind of a turn-based, well, no, not turn-based, a real-time strategy um, lane game mixed with a roguelike and very random crazy stuff happens. Exceedingly difficult game. Very, very hard. Uh, expect to die a lot. And if if dying a lot in a game is not okay with you, then you should probably take a pass on Has Been Heroes, but I found Has Been Heroes to be delightful. And if you're not sure if you want to go multiplayer focused or single player focused, you can always go with Shovel Knight. Uh, I have Shovel Knight. I've beat it both single player and my son, who's nine, and I have played through it together. And we had an absolute blast playing Shovel Knight. And if you get Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, you will actually get all of the DLC that that comes along with the original Shovel Knight game. I didn't find the DLC to be as good as the original, but that might just be because I tried playing the DLC right after playing Shovel Knight, and this is another point where they're not just reskinning the character that you're playing. They redid the levels in order to make the levels work for the way that you play, so... Shovel Knight, you go through as a guy with a shovel. That's his weapon. He kind of jumps on dudes, kind of like uh, Scrooge McDuck did in DuckTales for the NES, kind of with his cane, uh, but this time it's with a shovel. And when you play through as Plague Knight, you more lob grenades. And when you play through as Spectre Knight, you have these weird dash abilities, and you can climb on walls. So the developers took those things into account how the different characters move in this world 
and adjusted the levels accordingly. So I think that Shovel Knight's a really good buy if you want to try both a sing- either a single player or a multiplayer game. If you can't make up your mind, I think that's probably the way to go. Uh, if you're looking for uh, some feedback on the show, or if you want to just tell me what you think, uh, just do exactly what Colin did and send an email, runjumpstomp at gmail.com, or you can give us a phone call, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867, and I'll play it on the show. Let's jump into the news. Well, everybody, Splatfest has come and gone We're only a few short days away from when Splatoon 2 actually comes out for the Switch. I'm very, very excited, but I want to take just a little bit of time and talk about my experience with the Splatfest this weekend. Now, I only played it for, I think, two hours. I missed out kind of a middle part of it because I had something that I had to go take care of. But I will say that I had an absolute blast. Some viewers actually joined my game, or listeners, depending on if you're watching on Twitch or listening... um, to the podcast, uh, and I had some some listeners join the game, and we had an absolute blast running around, uh, killing uh, or splatting the enemy, covering ink everywhere, head to toe. So let's talk about my overall thoughts on the game, or on Splatfest. Uh, the first thing that I noticed that drove me absolutely crazy, and I, I, I'm not down on the game, by the way. I'm excited for it. But I'm going to start with something that I did not like because it was the first thing that I thought of when I started writing my show notes. And the first thing that I thought of was the button placements. Oh, my God. The button placements are terrible, and I can't seem to find a place to adjust them. Now, maybe when the game comes out, that'll be different. But I did not like that they had mapped the jump button to... B, and the reason that I don't like that is because I've been playing a whole lot of Breath of the Wild lately, and Breath of the Wild maps the jump button to Y, which honestly, logically, to me, makes more sense. Um, When you go to jump, you want to push the button that is on the top. That seems like it makes sense to me. So I continually was opening up the map screen when I meant to jump, and then my map screen is covered, Uh, or I'm sorry, my my view is covered by the map screen, and now I can't see what's happening, and then I would inadvertently get get splatted by somebody because I couldn't see what was happening. I'm sure that this is something that I can get used to, but I really think that this is something that Nintendo needs to keep in mind. Uh, I've read, I haven't checked myself, but I have read that both Xbox and PlayStation allow the user to remap the buttons globally, like as a, as a system level thing. I don't know if that's true because I've never really felt the need to, to try that. But this is something that I would love to see, especially after having used a Steam controller on my PC for so long. I can map anything wherever the hell I want using that. And that means that the controls are perfect for me. And Nintendo just seems to say, all right, well, these are your controls and you're going to live with them. And, you know, most of the time, they're pretty good. But sometimes they don't really work. And just the ability to move a button from one spot to another could completely change the way that I play a game and make it more enjoyable for me. For instance, in Splatoon 2, I would love to be able to put the jump button as the top button. I think that's X. Uh, It just makes more sense for my brain. 
Um, Another example is in ARMS. Uh, Using controller inputs instead of using motion controls, I would really like to move the block to either A or B, probably B, B for block. Um, But instead, Nintendo decided that it should be clicking in the left stick. That doesn't really make sense when you have a button available. And I know what Nintendo is probably saying. They're saying, well, most people are going to use the motion controls. No, actually, there's been a survey, and about half of the people use the motion controls, and the other half tend to use uh, non-motion controls. And forcing us to click in the stick is a problem, I think. Now, again, I've played lots of ARMS. I got used to it, but it's not the ideal way for me to do things, and that's just my opinion. Uh, Something else that that Nintendo needs to ease up on is their music. Um, The music in Splatoon 2 is fantastic. I love it. But if I'm going to be putting many, many hours into this game, I'm going to get tired of it. The music is good, but by the end of the two hours that I played, I was already sick of the songs that I was hearing. And there's no slider for me to say, all right, turn off the game music. I will play my own music or I will play without music. Any of that would be fine. Now, again, this is just a demo, so there's no way for me to know if we're going to get the that option in the real game. I don't think that we will. Mario Kart 8 had the same issue. You can't individually change the sound volume and the music volume. Arms, you cannot change the sound volume and the music volume. And I guarantee that with Splatoon 2, we're not going to be able to change the sound volume and the music volume independently. So... That is an issue for me. It's certainly not a deal breaker, but it bothers me enough that I wanted to talk about it. Um, Last episode, I had talked a little bit, or maybe it was a couple episodes ago. I can't remember. I talked a little bit about how I wanted um, to to try out using split Joy-Con. It did not work for me as well as I had hoped that it would. I didn't like it at all. I ended up going right back to that Pro Controller. Um, I would have been fine using the... Uh, Joy-Cons with the Joy-Con grip, but I found the Pro Controller to be more comfortable. And again, you know, I'm going to reiterate something that I said when the Switch first came out. I don't think that the Pro Controller is a necessity, but it's certainly nice to have. Uh, So if you have access to a Pro Controller, I definitely suggest that you try that out. I had so much better of a time playing that way. Now, Doing the split con, uh, the split, oh, split con, I like that. Doing the split con, I thought that that was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Now, here's the real question. Could I get used to it? Well, playing multiplayer, I didn't feel like I could get used to it. However, there is a single player element to this game. And I feel like if I, if I just try it using the single player, I could probably kind of fall in line and get used to it and and really embrace it and enjoy it. But there's only one thing to do, and that's time will tell. So we're going to have to wait and find out um, on Friday when the game comes out. I haven't decided if... I'm I'm totally hoping to stream on Friday, um, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. However, I can't guarantee that I will, uh, just because I'm still working on my podcasting studio, uh, my streaming, uh, it's a, a room upstairs that I've been, it's been under construction for months and we're, we're really close to the end. And, uh, I don't know, it, it all depends on the people who are helping me, uh, on their schedule. So we'll see if that's going or how that will change, uh, on Friday, but that's beside the point. I was, what I was trying to say 
is that I'm planning to stream on Friday. And I want to know what you guys want. Do you want me to be streaming single player stuff or multiplayer stuff of Splatoon 2? Because I, I can't, I'm having trouble deciding on which I would want to stream more. Uh, if I do single player, I feel like we'll get a, a better idea of what's going on with that game um, as far as how deep the single player is. Because to be honest, Splatoon 1 didn't have the deepest single player campaign. It was fun, but it wasn't the deepest. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what how that's changed this time. I loved the first one single player campaign, but it was really, really short. Um, I want to see, I want to check that out. But then again, if I'm not in there on the multiplayer and practicing right away, I'm quickly going to get eclipsed by the people who are going to build up their skill level very, very quickly. So I want to know what you guys think that I should be streaming. Let me know. Email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com or just shout at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp and let me know single player on Friday or multiplayer on Friday. All right. Um, the graphics of the Splatfest, a lot better. Like, I didn't really notice it in the YouTube videos that I had watched, but, and, and that's because you've got to deal with internet compression and things like that. But the graphics of Splatoon 2 are really a lot better than they were in Splatoon 1. Everything has a cool shine to it. I, I ended up taking this one screenshot. If I remember, I'll try and tweet it out. Um, uh, this one screenshot, I was in the plaza, and I had walked up behind a uh, a, a squid kit or whatever it is that, that we're sp- supposed to call them, and you could see the reflection of the town in, the, in their quote-unquote hair, and it just looked really good. The game is, and, and I think that's probably why the town area is limited to 30 frames per second, but the game play was locked at 60 never saw any issues really great animations uh, um they've done a fantastic job making this game look beautiful and anybody that tells you that the switch is not powerful enough to make games look good then they are um i don't know they're they're on the drugs as the kids would say one thing that i did notice about the um the splatfest is it was all one-sided, it felt like to me. I was on Team Ice Cream because it's summer and ice cream is delightful. Um, but there were no... I don't think I fought a cake team even once. It was always ice cream people versus ice cream people. And I don't really understand how that works. It's like... How do I want to put it? It's it's like the, uh, the all of the matches that I was in didn't count, which kind of is irritating. I mean, I know that the Splatfest is just like this fun excuse to get in there and play and kind of rally together as a team who is rallying around this nonsense thing that that ice cream is better than cake. I mean, honestly, who cares? We're just looking for a reason to spray ink everywhere. Um, but it really kind of takes you out of it when every single time you're at that loading screen and it shows the enemy team show up and the enemy team is not the enemy. They're your friends. That kind of takes the fun out of it. Something else that I felt like took the fun out of it was the way that they calculated who won. So, on you know, unless you've been living in a hole, I, I'm pretty sure you probably already know that Ice Cream won. And basically they had three ways to calculate who won. They had solo play, uh, team play, and then popularity. And um, I believe that Ice Cream just barely won solo play. Um, cake just barely one team play 
and ice cream demolished them in popularity. And what I would like to see is for them to just get rid of the popularity part and have it be okay for it to be a tie. You know, ice cream and cake are equally good if you if you took the popularity part out of it and you just brought it down to how many matches were won by by each side. I think that it would have gone way better had they just said, "Okay, let's take a look at this. This many teams are this many solo matches were won on team ice cream. They win that one. This many uh, were won by cake on team. Uh, so they win that one. So it looks like it's a draw. And then poor Pearl wouldn't be super sad, feel real bad for. Uh, a big complaint that I had with the Splatfest, it seems like I'm doing a lot of time complaining, which is weird because I think the game's fantastic. But uh, one major complaint that I had is that when I wanted to hop into a group with a, te- with a team, um, you know, maybe I just wanted to play a game with my son, which I tried to do, and it was a huge hassle. And here's why it was a huge hassle. You have to have four people in order to progress. You can't just say, all right, well, I'm going to group with this guy and then we'll, you know, pug the other two slots. It doesn't work like that. You either go in solo or you have to go in as a group of four. And it was really frustrating to me because my son and I really wanted to play together. So what would happen is I would make a... um, We didn't start at the same time as everyone else. We started a little bit late because we were having dinner. And I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to make a group. So I made a group. He joined up. Awesome. So now we're on the same group. And then we had to wait for people on my friends list to join, which was really kind of lame because a lot of the people on my friends list, they started right as soon as the uh, servers came online and they were already playing. So we were waiting forever to get a, a group. Whereas it would have been so much better had it just been like, all right, let's take these two players and we'll put them in the pool together and match two other players in there with them. I think that would have been way more fun. And I hope that in the future, they, they Nintendo makes some kind of change in order to make that a possibility because that really kind of it dragged my son and I kind of were like down on that because we ended up only playing together for a little bit. Whereas I wanted to spend the whole two hours with me and him just just hanging out and, and splatting dudes. All right. Um, one more thing is that there, and this is kind of weird, is that there's going to be an anime. There's a link in the show notes that links to a Japanese YouTube um, page. And there's going to be an official Splatoon anime. I guess there used to be a comic book or a manga. And we're going to be seeing an anime based on that. Now, will it be translated into English or will we at least have English subtitles? I don't know. Um, I've seen YouTube or Google do some really great things on YouTube where there was a documentary that I was watching on there and the interviewer was talking to developers of Final Fantasy 14. I think it was a no clip interview and they had an option. If I clicked on the little gear icon to only subtitle the Japanese text or the Japanese uh, words, which was really great. Now, I don't know if that's a thing that Noclip did on their own or something that Google did automatically. I hope it's something that Google did automatically. Even if it's not the best translation, it'd be great if um, you the people, non-Japanese-speaking people, could watch this Splatoon thing. I think my son would get a kick out of this. Well, all right, that's that's it for the Splatfest. What did you guys think of the Splatfest? 
Dude, did it make you really excited for the game? I will say this, um, uh, Splatoon 2 is getting very good reviews. It's not like knocking it out of the park or anything, but it's getting very good reviews. Right now on Metacritic, it's got an 84 now. I've said many times before, I don't put a lot of faith into like the number on Metacritic. I don't look at that and say, oh, well, this got an 84 and this got an 85. Clearly the thing that got an 85 is better. I don't look at it that way. The When I look at Metacritic... I oh I just kind of overall look at this as oh overall it's getting good scores it's probably a fairly good game then and eighty four on Metacritic's pretty great so I'm very much excited for Splatoon two and I want to know what you guys think so drop me a line hop in the Discord let me know. Well, the director of Kingdom Hearts 3 has said that there is a possibility of a version for the Switch. I wouldn't hold your breath, though. Here's the exact quote. The exact quote is, The Nintendo Switch is definitely a very interesting piece of hardware. But if we lightly say, oh yeah, we'll be on the Nintendo Switch, I'm sure people will come back and say, but what about the PS4 and Xbox One? We want them out first. Don't focus on other platforms. Uh, so for now, we want to focus on what platforms we've already announced we're going to, going to be released. Ah, I can't, I can't read things. So for now, we want to focus on what platforms we've already announced we're going to be releasing Kingdom Hearts 3 on. And so after, perhaps, maybe, we can start thinking about other possibilities. Man, that is a lot of qualifiers for one sentence. We've got after, perhaps, and maybe... We can start thinking about other possibilities. All right. Well, you know, to be fair, it all depends on how the Switch does. We know that third-party support for the Switch is kind of lackluster. Well, AAA third-party support for the Switch is a little lackluster at the beginning. And that's because a lot of uh, developers were a little gun-shy after the flop of the Wii U. Now that the Switch is selling, if it continues to do well this year, and if Nintendo meets its projections that they get 10 million in the first year, which would be really good, I would be very, very happy with that number, and I think so would Nintendo. Um, if they meet their projections, then I think a lot of third-party developers are going to turn around and say, all right, we need to drop some games on this thing because it's got legs. So are we going to see Kingdom Hearts 3? on the switch honestly i don't know right now square has told i I think they said it at e3 they or maybe it was right before e3 they said you can expect to see kingdom hearts 3 and final fantasy 7 remake in the next three years okay well that's a big window and i'm glad that they're they're saying, look, we're not going to pick a date and then miss the date. So they're going to say sometime in the next three years, they're giving themselves lots of room. And let's say that it takes them three years to get this game made. Now, if they use a proprietary engine, that's going to make it difficult to uh, bring it to the Switch. If they use Unity, then I'll make things a lot easier. But I don't know what they're going to be making Kingdom Hearts 3 in. And if it's taking them this long to get it on the PS4 and Xbox One, then it's going to take them an even longer amount of time to bring it to the Switch. 
And let's say that it takes them the full three years from when they set it, so probably two and a half years from now, the game finally comes out, and then they start production on the Switch version. I mean, it might come out at the end of the Switch life cycle at that point. Who knows? Uh, I wouldn't hold your breath for Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't think it's because the... the um, I don't think it's because Square Enix doesn't think that the Switch is a good system. I think that they have to look at what they would have to do in order to bring a game that is designed for more powerful hardware down to something that is less powerful. I've talked about this many times. Nintendo sacrificed power for portability. And while I like that, and if you're listening to this, you probably like that, that makes it a lot harder for developers to bring their games over. That being said, maybe they have uh, been working alongside all the time and they've been uh, making lower res textures or uh, their Nintendo is helping them on memory management and figuring out how to get these file sizes smaller. Maybe all of those things are happening and the only thing that we can do is wait and hope. Uh, so Kingdom Hearts 3, cross your fingers. Everything else is child's play. Alright, ARMS is going to be at Evo, Japan. Uh, this is going to be on January 26, 2018. At the end of Evo this year, which happened a couple days ago, um, they showed what games were going to be at Evo next year. And they showed ARMS, and I, you know, I don't know if it's just the people, maybe because I'm a Nintendo fan, I heard this, but it sounded like it got the biggest cheer out of everything which was very interesting to me. You can watch the link in the show notes and judge for yourself. But uh, they were like, oh, they're showing game X, and then they're showing game Y, and everybody was like, yeah. And then ARMS came up, and everybody was like, whoa, yeah. You know, like they got really excited to see ARMS on there. Um, but maybe it's all in my imagination. I'm excited to see ARMS on there. I think ARMS is a fantastic game for eSports. I really hope that it catches on. I hope that Nintendo, I I hope that Evo doesn't force players to use the control method that they want. I hope that Evo allows players to use the control method that they are comfortable with. So, and, and this is an announcement that has to be made soon. If if they're going to say all players must use motion controls, then the people who want to compete in this game are going to need to start practicing with motion controls. If they're going to say everybody can use the control method that they want, may the best person win, then I think that that's better. I I personally, when I play ARMS, I don't feel that I have an advantage over anybody using the pro controller. I don't feel that anybody else has an advantage over me using um, motion controls. Mr. Yabuki, the director of the game, would disagree with me. He says that people with motion controls have an advantage. I don't personally see it. I feel like whatever you're more comfortable with is going to give you the advantage that you want. So I'm hoping that Evo looks at this or is listening. Are you listening, Evo? If you're listening, just let people play the way that they want. It's going to be much more fun for everybody involved. Um, I, although I don't know if it'll be fun to watch... If one person is doing these punches and the other person is uh, sitting in a chair pushing buttons, that might be kind of a weird dichotomy up on this on the stage at Evo. What do you guys think? Do you think that arms players should be required to use motion controls or should be required to use buttons? Or 
should be allowed to do what they want. Please email the show. Let me know. You better get ready for the most challenging Nintendo system ever. Ready? Let's do it. The new Power Pad. It's only available in Nintendo's new Power Set. Now you're playing with Body Power. That is all the time that we have for today. If there is a story that I missed or something that you want me to discuss, please let me know. Uh, you can shout at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. You can email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can call and leave a voicemail, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can talk to me on Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, and you can stop by the live stream sometime, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, you can buy dock socks or zippered pouches featuring Nintendo-themed stuff from my wife at her, pa- or not, not her Patreon, at her Etsy, Etsy shop. Uh, you can join the Patreon, like I inadvertently said, and you can just use the Amazon affiliate link. Speaking of ways to support the show, we are now able to advertise via Audible. So I have a an, an ad at the very end that will come up. I'm not going to put it in the middle of the show. I find that intrusive. So at the very end of the show, if you want, you can listen for information about Audible. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. One more note before you guys go. Tonight, I will be on the Nintendo PowerCast podcast, which is recording live at twitch.tv slash n64josh. Um, he's a really great uh, Nintendo podcaster and a, a great streamer, and I'm really excited to be on the show. That's going to be tonight at midnight Eastern time. So if you're listening to this, it is currently um, July 18th, and that's going to be at midnight tonight, my time, which is U.S. Eastern. You can find a time zone calculator and and figure out. Make sure that you show up and and just say, hey, we're here to hear about um, Nintendo stuff. So anyway, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, Get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep, even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible.